Hey there, thoughtful listener. This is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. I'm so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free. No credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. We're also actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast, the one you're listening to. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now let's get on with the show. With us right now, Leah Gervais. Leah, you are a consultant for uh, for new business uh, owners. Uh, you're a coach, uh, and um, more more specifically, a mentor. Leah, thank you so much for joining us. For those watching the video, uh, you'll see that Leah's office, congratulations, is becoming a nursery. <laughs> thank you, thank you so much for having me, Josh. Yeah, well, Leah, give us an overview of your work, please. Sure. So my name is Leah and I have a mentorship business, a coaching platform, uh, and my my team and I work with entrepreneurs uh, who typically start out in the nine to five grind and start something as a side hustle and kind of want to see where it can take them. And then we help them scale all the way up to six figure months typically is, you know, the, the, the place that we, that they want to work toward, um, and that they go to, and we specifically work, work with service-based entrepreneurs. So we work with coaches ourselves, but we also work with consultants, designers, planners, um, physical therapists, you know, all those kinds of anyone offering a service. So that's specifically the type of businesses that we help. And our specialties are in entrepreneurship mindset, how to think like an entrepreneur, how to plan, how to up-level as well as how to market, which is a very, uh, intense kind of field to be an expert in. I'm sure, as you know, just with things changing all the time, especially at the time of this recording, Facebook is under a lot of fire in the media. So it's definitely, it keeps me on my toes, but it's very interesting. Yeah. So if Facebook is what it is, what's working well in marketing today? It's not that I don't, uh, the thing that's coming out about Facebook is not anything that's new to me. I think it's becoming a little more mainstream now um, that, and kind of public knowledge that Facebook is, you know, not maybe as reliable as people thought it was in terms of how much control they have over their reach, both organic and paid. Um, So it's not that I I think Facebook is, was working and now it's broken. I think Facebook Mm -hmm. has been and always and probably will continue to be a platform that people consume content on in which you should create content. But I think that a a good principle to stand by has been and and continues to be to make sure that all of your marketing isn't reliant on other people's algorithms or other people's platforms, making sure that you are continually fostering platforms that you have full ownership of, including your email list, your website, if you have a podcast, you know, things that aren't at the mercy of other, other businesses and and the agendas that they, they have to keep up with, especially in social media and especially with tech. Yeah. So um, what, what do you see as um, you know, if I'm a service-based business, Mm -hmm. um, where should, where do you like to get folks focused just in terms of like, um, you know, outreach and, and designing those relationships, building those relationships and getting ultimately, you know, sales to happen. Where does that awareness, where do you, where do you like to see people focus their effort um, to generate awareness? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think that 
I think it gets overcomplicated and it's not complicated. I think that people coming into your business and people buying your service need to have gone through, whether they consciously know it, three simple phases of getting to know you. They need to first get to know you. Then they need to actually like you, which means you need Mm -hmm. to nurture them. And then they need to trust you, which is when they'll actually buy from you. So I think one of the simplest and best things you can do, especially if you're just either, if you're just starting or if you're trying to ramp things up is instead of think, how can we get as many people to know us as possible, which can feel very overwhelming. There can feel like there's a lot of pressure around how to be big on social media, how to have a million followers on social media, things that don't necessarily turn people into people that like, and then also trust you start thinking in the opposite way. Think first, who already trusts me, who already has gone through these three levels of working with me. And this can be as simple as who are your past clients that you haven't seen if they could do something, if you could do something else with them again, or who are people that have been following you or on your email list for a while that you haven't actually ever gotten on the phone with and had a conversation with who are friends and family that might know someone who knows someone that needs help, but you've never even gone to your friends and family. So I think that there's a lot of overlooked opportunity for people that already trust you, that could be referred to you, that could have word of mouth toward you. And I think a lot of times the the inkling is to go to the top of the funnel first and think, yeah. how can we get as many people to know us? And it's not that you should ignore the top of the funnel, but that those leads will take longer than people who already are kind of in that um you know, more refined place in the journey with you. So I think that that's a good place to go. I think it also is a lot less reliant on other platforms. And then it kind of buys you time in a sense. I'm saying that in quotes, if, if you're just listening to this, where you can build out the, the bigger funnel of people getting to know you and then nurturing them and then getting them to sell to you without it feeling like you have all the pressure on that the whole time. Yeah. Um. So what would you do within, like for people like, okay, I'll join your community here. Let, you know, I'll kind of make, take that first step. Like, what do you want to do in that world? You know, once they're kind of in your world, just a mm-hmm. little bit, because again, as you said, you don't want to go right for the jugular, which would be right. inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the nurturing phase is something that I think has so many different, I think it's kind of the place you can have the most fun with. It's the thing that I think you can do the most uniquely to yourself, because I do think there are so many ways to nurture audiences, depending on where they're going to consume content and depending on where you're going to enjoy creating content. So if you are someone that loves to create videos, then that, and you love TikTok, then get on TikTok, make TikTok videos. You can put them on Instagram as well. Um, and regularly do that and have people who get into your stratosphere, you know, email them these videos. Don't allow, don't rely solely on them just following you and watching everything. Uh, you can kind of have your own echo chamber of content where you are repurposing the content, but you're primarily creating it in the place that you know your audience is going to consume it and that you're going to enjoy creating it. Similarly, if you love writing and you feel like you have an audience that really wants to consume things that are written and they like articles and things like that. The newsletter is not dead, nor are blog posts. You also can create really great captions on social media. If that's something that you want to do, you can, again, kind of repurpose them all. Um, And I also think live video is a very, very powerful way to nurture. And that's, again, something you can do on a variety of different platforms. You can go live on LinkedIn. You can go live on TikTok, Instagram, et cetera. So I don't think there's a perfect nurture system, I think you have to know most importantly where you'll be consistent because nurturing only works if you're consistent. Um, And then two, where your audience actually will consume it so that you're not kind of just like talking, you know, in a, (laughs) to, to no one. 
Um, yeah. But I, I don't believe the idea that there's one best marketing funnel for all businesses. And I, I think it's really important to make sure you're not trying to look for that perfect solution because every business is different and there shouldn't be a cookie cutter business system. Yeah. Um, Leah, um, in terms of like, there's folks listening, they're like, okay, well, that sounds well and good. And I feel like I could, I could probably get to six figures doing that, you know, really constrained on building my tribe, building my community, but seven figures, like what, Mm -hmm. what's, what do you have to do between six and seven figures to get there? Like, I, and I think particularly in around someone might be doing the math and they're like, wait a minute, like my, let's see what I can charge hourly for web design or whatever they do. Right. And like, I don't know how you get to seven figures. Mm -hmm. So what are you recommending? We have a three part scaling lens that we look at with our clients when they're at that place of like, there's only one of me and (laughs) the one of me has no more Mm -hmm. hours in the day. And exactly what am I going to do in order to get more of this? So the first place you can look is raising your prices. So per your example, I would probably recommend people get out of any hourly rate charging if that's what they are doing. Hourly rate charging is essentially punishing you for becoming more efficient at what you're good at. Uh, And so you end up getting paid less per hour when you get faster at something. So we're, you know, that's one thing that you can very much start with is like, what do my prices look like? Do they make sense for me? Am I doing things on a project or results-based basis that allows me to hone in and get better at my skills and take on more clients because I get better rather than punishing me for it? Um, And there's a lot of different other ways that you can raise your prices depending on the exact niche and the exact um, service that you offer. But that's one is looking at where you're, where you could raise your prices or structure your prices differently. And know with all of these examples that the hardest part of doing them is that you will have to say, no, one of my mentors told me uh, a while ago, and it always stuck with me that the hardest part of scaling is saying no, because you will have to yeah. say no to clients that have worked yeah. with you in the past. You will have to say no to people that are want, that want to give you money. You will have to be more exclusive. And those things can be hard. They can sometimes contradict what you thought your original mission is. They can be scary. If you feel like, oh my God, I'm turning away money. Who am I to be doing this when I, you know, especially for entrepreneurs that struggled a lot in the beginning, you can like bring back some PTSD to the days in which you didn't have that security. So you have to know that those things will come up and you have to be willing to say no. But that's the first thing is raise your prices and look at your pricing structure. The second thing is looking at where you might be able to shift a one-to-one model to a one-to-many. And this is the same if you're doing done for you work. Could you make it done with you work? Could you make it done, like teach you how to do it type work? So Mm -hmm. thinking about how you can shift to having the exchange of dollars per hours, which in some sense, I don't, I don't, I think that that whole dance is vilified a little bit too much. Thanks to like the four hour work week where, and everyone read it and was like, I never want to trade dollars per hours again. You have to work. Like if you have a business, you're going to have to put in the hours, but you can do it in a way where your business isn't reliant on how many hours you put in. Um, And that just comes with potentially considering different structures for your services. Specifically what we do is, you know, work with services um, and thinking about how you can impact more people, reach more people with the same amount of time. And then the third is building out a team, you know, and that that's the most expensive one. That's the thing that is going to take you the most investment of your own time and money. So that's usually the thing that I, I don't think it should be last, but I just think it should have the most weight carried with it. I, I, I think hiring a team is, is, is something that should be very carefully considered and um, should allow proper training of the team with, and, and really be done correctly to the best of your ability. Um, 
But if you're at the point where you are doing everything that you can and you can't put any more any more hours and you want to get from six to seven figures, it's certainly a place to look. I don't I don't know anyone that got to seven figures on their own. No. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, again, unless you're charging a lot of money for right. outcomes that that you are able to magically create, it's just, yeah, that that would be very very surprising. I, I've never heard of it. Um, uh, yeah, I agree. I haven't yeah. either, and I don't think you should want to do that either. No, like, no, you don't yeah. want to work. Like you, you know, know you it's a lot of work, and and your clients will have a better experience if you are, you know, not the only one helping them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, it's some additional layers of support. Okay, so let's say you have a great group program. You're like, okay, things are going pretty good, but you're still kind of at the low six figures and you're like, I need way more visibility here. You know, it seems to be working. I want to hit the gas, um, but, you know, I'm I'm not, I don't know, where do you go for more and greater and greater visibility to, to, to enroll more people into that community? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think that that is where a lot of people do get stuck is they like find a a good amount of momentum in the beginning. And then they're like, okay, I know that I need a a megaphone here and I don't really know where it comes from. And I, I think that, um, at that point, if you haven't already, it's your opportunity to get into the mindset of being able to be okay with spending money before you make it. And I think that that's kind of business one-on-one, but for some people, they are able to organically get to, multiple six figures, meaning that they are able to market without really spending that much money. And so they haven't really had to do that before. At that point, that is when I think you need to bring in ads. And I don't care if it's Facebook ads or Instagram ads or YouTube ads or Google ads, or, you know, you can have your other ways of, um, uh, uh, of really getting your name out there. If you, if you want, like, for example, I have a client who has a seven figure business and she, she doesn't use ads at all, but she has an outreach team. Like she pays, mm-hmm. you know, three people on her team to consistently be doing this, which is more expensive than ads. So it's just about getting honest with yourself and really thinking who's doing my visibility for me, because at that point you can't do it yourself. You can't have it entirely be organic and entirely be on your plate. Um, because you need to be working with your clients because you need to be working with that group program, or you need to be improving the delivery of it, or you, you need to be doing the things only you can do. Mm. And so when it comes to things like ads or hiring someone to market for you, or, you know, you can get creative with it. You can pay to be on, um, podcast. You can pay to be on TV. You can pay to be like featured places. There are PR firms that can help you things like that. Um, it, it, it can feel like, whew, this is a big investment, but you have to recognize the cost that it would be for you to continue to have all of that visibility on your own plate and how much that would take away from you being able to monetize your own time and other parts of your business. So at that point, I would just say you have to have an honest look in the mirror or conversation with yourself about what your strategy is to get in, fr- in front of a much bigger room. For me, I would, I would choose to do ads. Yeah. Yeah. And, and where do you see ads working? Well, like how do you do effective ads? I think ads work best when they lead to something free. I don't necessarily think having ads go to to a sales page right away or a product right away is the most effective. Um, I don't know if it will always be like that, but for now, Mm -hmm. I think that that is the, the case. And so I think if you can have a marketing budget or a visibility budget, I I usually would say spend around 80 to 75% of it on that top of funnel where you're just sending people to free. Um, And the benefit of that, I mean, you can, in theory, have an immediate funnel, right? Where someone like 
finds whatever free thing you're doing, whether that's free content or an opt-in that you're putting out on ads or a webinar that you're using ads to promote or something like that. And they can go through that funnel and buy immediately. They get your free thing. You send them another sales email or you sell to them on their webinar and they buy right away. That can work. Um, but more importantly, you are continually getting visible and growing your audience. And even if people don't buy right then, they yeah. are a lot more likely to buy down the line once once they've gone through the nurturing piece that you and I talked about at the beginning of this. So yeah. I think leading with free, having the majority of your ad spend going to free is still the yeah. best way to do it. And then if you want, and I guess I shouldn't say like if you want, but then I do think it's smart to have a piece where a, a small portion of your budget goes to retargeting the people who have already come onto your list or onto the webinar or onto the freebie, whatever you initially promoted and uh, giving them more exposure to the stuff that you sell. What, uh, what free things do you see working well? You know, that's a good question. Something that I think has become a little bit more uh, of a toss up lately is like, is going to a free live webinar event session, things like that. I think that ever since the pandemic happened, the saturation of webinars, live events, events (laughs) online, things like that have become really intense, uh, coupled with the iOS updates on Facebook specifically, I'm talking about Facebook ads here, uh, or Instagram ads, you know, I use the two interchangeably. Um, so I think that the cost of getting people onto something live has gone up. I think that the uh, percentage of people who sign up and then actually even do come live has gone down. So it's even it's harder than ever to get actual like seats on to of people watching your live while you do it live. But I still do think that connecting with people live is a much more effective way to convert them into a buyer sooner than if you are going to if you're having your ads go to something like a PDF or something that's just not quite as personal, something that doesn't have that element of people getting to know you as personally. So I think it's more expensive than ever. I think you have more obstacles than ever, but I still think there's a lot of power in the conversion piece that come with a webinar, a live event, a live seminar that you're doing online, something like that. Yeah. Well, Leah, this has been great. Um, Your website uh, is leahgervais.com and that's L-E-A-H-G-E-R-V-A-I-S.com. The S is silent. Leah, when someone goes there, like, what would you recommend? Like, where do they engage? You know, how do they, how do they take that next step? And and specifically, what's your free thing? (laughs) (laughs) We have lots of free things. You can go to our menu on our site and we have a whole page of free resources. So you can go there and check out what would be most helpful for you. We have organized them based on mindset or marketing. So whatever is feeling a little bit more uh, supportive to you, you can choose or you can do all of them. They are all free and they will all always be free. So uh, (laughs) take your pick from those. Um, We also have a podcast of our own. That is something that I do every week. And that is one of the only things I am going to be consistent with while I am on maternity leave. So Mm -hmm. if you want to stay in the loop, even while I have this baby, then definitely check out our podcast, the Your Biggest Vision Show. All of them are on our site. And if you're interested in learning how to work with us, we have a coaching page as well, where we talk about our masterminds um, and our high-level ways of supporting people. Yeah, that's fantastic. Okay, again, your website, Leah, leahgervais.com. Congratulations on the new baby. And uh, thank you so much, Leah, for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It was great talking to you.
Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, we have an audience of over 120,000 that we would love to promote your story to. Please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. I'm also so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free. No credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. What do you win? Well, we will promote you and retweet you and re-share you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans totally free. Can you also hook us up in your podcast player right now? please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review and we promise to read it all and take action. Thank you if you've done this already. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, please hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 to 20 minutes a day. My name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.